This, this is episode 14, and we are Millennial Love. What the hell was that? <laughs> we are in the sunken place. place. <laughs> Man, we wanted to try something new or whatever, but uh I love how your accent gets you just all of a sudden get real hood whenever the like the button hits re- record. record. Yeah. And then she hit that <laughs> right. I just, really did. And it pops off. It really did pop on. <laughs> and then when she begins to read statistics, she has her attorney voice going, Well, you know, 66% of blase blase. <laughs> But I had told him today that I had wanted some Grey Poupon. <laughs> anyway. That was random. My Grey bad. Poupon. I feel like whenever you say Grey Poupon, you have to say it like that. You can't just say Grey Poupon. You can't just say Grey Poupon. You got to be like Grey Poupon. Grey Poupon. A nigger has never had. Oh, I said nigger. <laughs> oh, Justin. oh, Okay, Justin. I have never had Grey Poupon, but I did have honey mustard. <laughs> Do they even sell honey mustard like in the a grocery jar? store? Like, well, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen honey mustard. I'm not going to eat that though. shit. Have you had grape poupon? Grape no, poupon is actually hella But I'm good. not going to eat that I've shit. I've had it. I don't eat sauces. Oh, yeah. I forgot. You're not a saucer? Like, not even honey mustard. Like, I'm actually sauce, offended. Chicken t- your chicken tenders from Popeyes, you don't eat no sauce. No, wait, 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 I just wait. get a uh, jalapeno. But your grandma put you on that gravy. That the that gravy, gravy from, from Popeyes, yes. <laughs> but it's not a sauce per se. It's a spread. What is it? I don't know. It is a sauce, I guess. I think it, you know what I'm thinking about though. Chick Filla. You don't be putting. The, you don't be getting the Polynesian sauce. She no, don't, she don't eat sauce. I don't eat sauce. You just so you eat straight dry up chicken. Straight yeah. up. What about hot I'm sauce? I'm at Popeyes. I'm gonna put a jalapeno on it. I'm gonna bite the jalapeno. I'm gonna suck a little juice, and then I'm gonna sprinkle it on there. What about a hot sauce? What about hot sauce? I eat hot sauce. Okay. Bruh. And we all eat hot sauce. I just had to ask, listen, because you said you like sauce. I mean, I like dipping sauces or like sauce that you put on like. I don't know. I did not know that. Okay, about so let me put everybody on. Like when I used to be fat, because I'm not fat no more. Because <laughs> I done lost fat. three pounds. Because I done lost three pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> no. Listen, whenever you go to Popeye's, just ask for a side of gravy. Yeah, for real. And just dip that the drumstick in that gravy. It's real good. It's life. That gravy be. Dumb, or if you go to Cane's. And you, know, you want to run across the street, street to, to Popeyes, Popeyes and get and that get the gravy. Because <laughs> them chicken strips at Cane's be so dead. Like, they have no they seasoning. They are so dead. I love Cane's, though. They have I zero for salt. some reason. <laughs> Y'all ain't had Zaxby's. That's no, the nigga, Oh, we Zaxby's. lived in Atlanta. Live in Atlanta. Zaxby's is so much better than Cane's. Oh, only because they have wings on the menu. Not only. Their chicken strips <laughs> actually have flavoring. Oh, I never had their chicken strips. I've only Your had their wings. Ripping, yeah, they <laughs> okay. good. Their strips and they bread, I'm good. 
Meanwhile, all of us supposed to be on this get get in shape plan. <laughs> we sitting here talking about sauces, gravy, and chicken. Next photo shoot, I'm just trying not to be swole. Like, you know, I'm just trying not to be swole. We're going to get there. Me and food about to break up next <laughs> week, so I don't even I don't see no food next week. So I'm trying to get back together with the gym, but well, I mean, speaking of getting back together, what if we had some supernatural powers, right? Mm-hmm. And we can bring anyone's career back, any celebrity <laughs> artist's careers back, mm-hmm. and you have to pick someone who is not dead, but someone who's alive, like. Well, I'm not going to sit here because I don't want to bring her back. Oh, okay. <laughs> Any, I mean, y'all want me to go first? I'll go. Okay, go, go, go. I was about to say, Mish looking real ready to say her choice. <laughs> she was like, okay. So mine is John B. Okay. Come on. That would be that would be the first one. Just because, y'all, that song that he had, first of all, I remember being like the third grade. <laughs> and I had it on cassette. Come on, <laughs> where you had to rewind it. Correct, and I was just playing in my room, didn't know nothing about nobody being jealous of nobody relationship. But that they don't know song was the best. Like that they song, don't know what well, this is. is. Yo, I didn't think he was Wait. white. Let's pause. I didn't know he was white either until I saw like the actual cassette cover. What was he saying? They don't know about this Wait. here. Oh, oh. That's, that's a little swaggerish. Okay. Yeah. They like don't know that. about this, this here. Okay. I like that. Exactly. Because <laughs> I didn't know what he said. I was just saying, they, they don't, don't know, know about, about it. Yeah. I didn't know <laughs> what he was saying. This here. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I thought John B. was just a light-skinned boy. I he didn't think really, he was white. He might be Creole, to be real. He might not right. be fully white. I don't exactly. think he's fully white. Because that taper fade was... Black people don't that's, never... That taper fade was Black people sick. don't never want somebody to be fully white. <laughs> Y'all try to claim Vin Diesel. <laughs> the Rock. Baby, The Rock. Justin Timberlake. Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars ain't nobody black. Nigga, Bruno Mars is black. He has some black in there. He has that what I'm to. saying? That what black people do. He got some black <laughs> in there. Because that's what they used to do to us. One drop. Drop your black. Right, he black too. Right, we need his ass because he's on the top of the charts right now. So who would you bring back, Cara? That Man. Okay, so low-key, I want to bring Destiny's Child back. But with Michelle Raggedy. Wait. <laughs> he was so trash. So not the real Destiny's Child? Because I really don't even consider like Michelle and Farrah Destiny's Child a real Destiny's Child. I don't child. even remember Farrah even being. It was such a brief. <laughs> it was her. so brief. It was a blur. <laughs> it was a blur. Yeah. Literally, only thing I remember about Farrah was that video. Have you seen that video yes, when Beyonce was Beyonce. throwing shade? <laughs> She's like, I mean, you could just go get your stuff. Like, we'll send it to you. <laughs> Farrah was like, <laughs> you, oh, no. you haven't seen that video? Bro, Farrah was like, well, yes. what about my bags? And Beyonce was like, well, I mean, if you got to get on that plane, you got to go. I mean, we can send your bags. Like, it was so, it was the shadiest moment ever, bro. So why you want Michelle to come back? Because I thought, I thought her role in the group was hilarious. Okay. First funny. of all, they gave her the no, worst. No, don't do show like that. <laughs> they gave her the worst 
parts of the songs. You know, at the end of the song, when like you be already done listening to the song, but it'd be like that one little last verse chord. It'd be like the refrain. I think that's what it's called. They always gave her the dead refrain, so she sounds like she's singing at a funeral. It was just too much. I just thought. Listen, I didn't realize how bad Michelle looked until like I just went back and looked at the the, their videos, and I'm like, dang, Michelle just looked out of place. She looked old. She looked, and oh that's so God. bad. This is so bad. And I actually really think she's, I actually like her as a gospel artist. She sounds, her voice is for gospel music. It is not for pop slash R&B. When Jesus says yes, that's nobody can say no. And that's yes. what I'm I saying. Mean, her yeah. voice is for that. I just it's wasn't comical. feeling Destiny's Child with Michelle. I mean, but that Latavia Latavia. Baby, <laughs> that the writings on the wall. Writings on the wall was a bomb was album. Bring them back. We yeah. need to get them back. I mean, Listen, you know, that was Beyonce singing all those songs. So you got Beyonce. Hey, how you doing? She just got to give us a little R&B album. Last time I seen it's been, been a long time. time. Stop, Stop smiling, smiling at me. Did they look off your face? face. Please don't, don't even front. Stop being so, so fake. fake. Yeah. Hold on. Another one is. Um, <laughs> So good, so, so good, good. That's the so song. good. That's the same, That's the same song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't emotions on that? <laughs> he really thought he had a new song. I really ooh, did. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Just emotions <laughs> taking me That's over. not on the album. No, that's not that album. Not that's not that album. That's with Michelle. Listen, no. Destiny's Child was fulfilled. I <laughs> eat that last album, so... <laughs> Destiny fulfilled. <laughs> How about you, Justin? I would bring my nigga Tevin Campbell oh back. Oh my god! I know y'all hate him. I don't hate, I don't hate him, but he's but just why I would bring back Tevin Campbell because, like, he was he had a really good voice. Outside of <laughs> that song, outside of the song, what's the one? The one hit he had? He did not have one hit. He had several hits. Tell me one of them. I can't recall. <laughs> Correct. But my nigga can sing. And that was like one of the first. C- the reason why is because he was the one of the first CDs I owned. Tevin okay. Campbell was not. Can we talk? Was he? Yes. Can we talk hey. for a minute? Hey, hey, girl, I want Now you know they play that at a wedding. Y'all are going to floor and dance. Don't Absolutely. Lie. Okay, so after that, what, what else? What else? Stop. <laughs> Kevin. Tevin Campbell is back because of me. I'm, Kevin I'm, Tamble. Kevin. Tevin Tamble. Him. <laughs> Y'all know who I just thought that just popped in my mind. This is totally random. It's one of those guy groups from back in the day. As yet? No. Listen, who? wait. Silk? I just asked you, tell me why. And that song, tell me why ain't, ain't nothing but a I would bring them back. But I don't know tell which group that is. Is that Backstreet NSYNC Boys. or Backstreet? Backstreet okay. Boys. That was Backstreet. Listen, NSYNC and Backstreet Boys are the first two CDs I ever owned. Really? Really? Yes. The first you look like you had own. Spice Girls album. I you my do. my first concert was the Spice Girls. Oh, okay. First concert ever. Yep. They were the bomb.com. So I knew why did nobody songs. bring Keisha Cole back? Because she's <gasps> Oh, I was about to say I've never been a Keisha Cole fan. I th- I feel like she's she's a little bit like Mary J. Blige in that her music ain't good unless she's been hurt. And it's like if your music, the vocals though, she came and sang though, man. Not to me. I feel like she's just okay. She's mediocre. I think at she best. blew up too fast. That's a prime example of an artist blowing up way too fast. I don't know though, because I feel like Beyonce blew up fast like that. No, she no, didn't. She didn't. She Not at all. Child. Yeah, but I'm talking about after. De- okay, so all right, all right, I see. Because I was saying after she Destiny's Child, she work. 
fully took off. Yeah. But who I think Ashanti is the same way. Ashanti cannot sing. But she can write though. Ashanti Ashanti can write. I think she's a good Well, writer. I just look at her body. Her body is freaking you don't think everything. her body looks good? No, I'm saying oh, okay, it's no, no, yeah. no. I'm saying it's freaking everything. Yeah, yeah Nelly, she looks good. amazing. Yeah, she looks. But vo- vocally, she's out. She of had it. a little cute little one too. I think it's better than Keisha Cole for sure. She definitely dominated like that early 2000s. Yeah. Her and ja Rule had that on lock. I, I will give only, her that. It was probably and then 50 a Shanti came out and oh yeah, I don't understand ja how down. I don't understand how he did that. Me either. They was calling. Were they calling her Cookie Monster? Who? Ashanti. Ashanti, I don't even know, but he shut all of them down. Like Murder Inc. was just <laughs> how did evaporated. that even happen? Like what? Listen, Fifty looks was ragging him. Was talking about that girl Cyburn. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh no, it was a mess. He was talking about that baby Cyburn. You know what? I would bring Ashanti back because Ashanti yeah, worked really right. hard. They, she, she worked, she worked really, hard. really hard, and that was not her fault. <laughs> it was the beef not. between Ja Rule and Fifty Cent was that had nothing to do with her. We on your side, Ashanti. Yeah, we love bring you. Ashanti back. <laughs> bring <laughs> Ashanti back. <laughs> We got to make some damn cheap t-shirts like that. Fuck. Bring Ashanti back. <laughs> I'm dead. Yeah, poor thing. Man, sad. that's a sad day. They I would bring Keisha Eve Cole, back too. Eve, Eve is over there with her freaking trillionaire. Chilling. Being quiet. Sit your ass Chilling down. Chilling with her paw prints on her titties. Probably just they praying. They still there? Yeah, they still there. No, she probably took them hoes off. Them hoes still there? No. I feel like they still there. Listen. I would bring Eve back. I liked her. She's What's praying that song? to baby la, Jesus. La, 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 la. Who's, Who's that girl? girl? Hey. La, 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 Eve's that. Oh, yeah. Listen, she's oh. praying every day to get <laughs> impregnated. Of course she you think is. So? That's what Janet Jackson did. Janet she froze the deuces. eggs, though. Janet had to try to get pregnant because she was dumb old. Hey. Eve dumb old, too. Eve is at least 40. How old is Janet nah. Jackson, y'all? Really? Eve is at least 40. Eve was already fully grown when we were in, in like middle school. <laughs> Think about that. Eve was fully grown. Eve is dumb old. Okay, yeah. well. She's still cute, though, but. Them pop prints are dead. I, just I love miss- her sitcom. Her sitcom was hilarious. What's yeah, sitcom? it was. She had like a TV show Eve. with uh, Miss Louisiana, I believe, and the girl from BAPS. Yep. Yeah, it was fun. Not ringing any bells. Eve and is 38 years old. She's not 40 in, yet. Uh, oh, so she's on the cusp of 40? She's on the cusp. <laughs> on the cusp. Well, she's probably really 40. I just know. miss like rap like that. Like yeah. female MCs, yes. and she was an actual so, MC, and and not yeah. like this whole Nicki Minaj freaking Ma battle. Yo, I like Remy Ma. I'm just saying, like the battle to me is kind of like dead. It's definitely dead. It's stupid. Yeah, because we haven't heard from her since. I mean, I. Uh... I mean, the comeback <laughs> that the comeback that Nicki came back with was just super lame as crap. It felt flat to me, and she was like, "Oh, I don't make diss records. I make." Hits, but the song wasn't a hit. I like No Fraud. It was barely, but it ain't a hit. Though. It's not a hit, but it's I mean, I barely like no being played. Like the whole situation was just stupid. That's why we need like Missy's back. And Missy, Eve. yeah. Maybe they need to do a video together. Nicki Minaj and uh, what's her name? What's her name? I don't know her name. What's her name? Remy, Remy Ma. Remy Ma. Yeah, 
You know how them girls used to just back in the day used to come together. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, that these, ladies night. Hey, this ladies, ladies night was a classic. Night. And, and I feel alright. Hey, this is ladies night. Oh what an oh what a night. <laughs> Why did we all do that? Why did we all go lower? I'm saying though, that, that was real music back yeah, then. Yeah, bro, like link up, man. Come on, man. Just link up. So like, put it, the egos aside. Just link up. Exactly. Nah, they can't do it. We really just need to bring back the nineties. That's what it sounds like. Listen, Hella. while the guys listen, while the guys are on their power trip, like Drake and Kendrick, like all of them trying to like, you know, just not on a power trip, but well, they are. For the top. They're all trying to vibe for the top. How about the female MCs come together, do a bomb ass video? Like but think about to. it, freaking Missy. I mean, I'm not a huge Nicki fan, but Missy, Nicki, Remy, freaking Eve, come back. Who else was a female MC? Freaking the girl from Nuck If You Buck. What's her name? I can't Diamond. Get with Crime Diamond. From I can't Crime. get with Diamond. Excuse me? I you don't like Crime Mob? I mean, I do like Crime Mob, but... I would revive uh, Lil' Kim's career, too. You know, I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan, but her career was on point. I'll tell like, you this much. If you go back and listen to Lil' Kim's music, I bet you would connect with it. Yeah, she... I bet you will connect with it. And Foxy Brown, like, all of them, Foxy, they just had music. Like, Foxy just, is... Trina, though... Trina. Trina, okay, Trina, Trina, Remy Ma, Nicki Minaj, Missy, Missy because she's like the goat. Missy's like goat, and I, I think, think that's all they need. Go to female MCs, yeah. Because Trina is still. Relevant. I look at Trina as like the like a boosie. The fem, I mean the hip hop Keisha Cole. <gasps> you think? Who's the best? She's just okay. <laughs> <laughs> wait, like, wait, no, wait. Keisha. Let's change the subject. No, let's change the subject. Let's change the subject. Nah, because Slip and Slide is inside oh of their casket. I'm just being real. What? I'm I'm definitely dead on Trick Daddy. Did you hear what Trick Daddy said about black women? Yeah. What he say, girl? He was basically saying. The reason why don't nobody want no black women is because y'all don't know how to sit down and shut up. And like he was being really, really graphic. I mean, he that was definitely a censored, a censored synopsis. Well, he just, just was like, being real, like ignorant. Well, you can't fault her because of his behavior. Just like we cannot fault Ashanti for right. the backfire from Fifty Cent. Sad day. Sad day. We for rooting Ashanti. for you, Ashanti. Though we gonna Come make our shirts back. for real. Come on back, Ashanti. Come back. Well, she tried to. She did. What she was did? the song? I mean, she's just looking like Beyonce. Good night. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, we're going to move Anybody on. Anybody that comes in leotard and tarts, I'm, tights, I'm sorry. That's, oh, yeah, that's Beyonce. Beyonce inspired. She really did come up with that. So. Well, if we have any listeners that make shirts, if y'all really want to make us some. <laughs> come back, <laughs> come Ashanti. back Ashanti. Just shirts. come back Ashanti. We will wear them. Bring back Ashanti. Black with white right, letters. You're right. <laughs> So, y'all, today's topic, um, we're going to get into Charlemagne the God's book, which is called Black Privilege. Dope. Mm -hmm. We've been, we've all been reading it. Um, 
Misha and I had the pleasure of attending his lecture at Paul Quinn College um, last week. So mad I missed it. Yeah, I Justin was completely was sick on the sick and shut in list. Wish you could have made it, bro. But yeah. uh, <laughs> but we made it and we were able to take a picture with him and also ask a question about a few things. So we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into our review of the book as well as just kind of discussing some of his topics because the book, if you haven't read it, it's called Black Privilege Opportunity comes to those who create it and it's all about overcoming obstacles and creating your own pathways despite where you come from and despite those around you so um I know Misha and I went to the lecture and um Charlemagne of course in his true fashion was a dick and was really? not really a dick, but he was just <laughs> no holds barred. I mean, I can imagine him just being very like him. He was very, very authentically himself. Yeah. One of the first things he said was um, he was like talking and the audience was kind of dead. And he, and they were like, you know, why is <laughs> so, the audience dead? And he said, well, you know, 420 tomorrow. So they might be high. Yeah, I might be high. <laughs> and so that kind of like opened Loosen up. We were all like, oh, okay. it, lightened like, it, yeah. it lightened it up. And um. So it was at Paul Quinn. So was it a bunch of like college students or was it? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. It was their spring fest. Oh, okay. So that was an event for their spring fest. Okay. So like That's it was dope. good to see like the student body out. Really? And, and then just to be on the campus, I've never been to Paul Quinn yeah. before. So that was dope. But then, you know, you had us that slid in. Right. Because <laughs> Charlamagne is in town. I wanted to be there. Yeah. yeah. So. And and I just to kind of let for listeners that don't know, Paul Quinn College is the only uh, historically black college in Dallas. Dallas. And so, and it's very small, and um, but the student body is very active. That's my second time being on the campus. The first time I went for a probate, okay, um, an Omega probate, and it was actually pretty dope. So, or not not Omega, excuse me, Kappa. That's how irrelevant. did you mix that up? <laughs> I <Right>. don't know. <laughs> Some cues were were hopping, and I was like, "Oh, that's how I remember that." Oh, anyway, okay. um, I thought so, that was disrespect. Well, okay, I'm, we going off topic now. They were hopping afters. You know, they okay. always be strolling oh, yeah. at the everybody probate. Anyway, <laughs> I did not say that. By the way, so I'm just leaving that. Really, that. just slid that in. <laughs> Trying to get me in trouble. That's for that whack V Day gift that you gave me years ago. <laughs> I forgot about but that. Let's go. Let's let's move forward. <laughs> Freaking in stern Spanish. Habla español. Right. Oh my god. Um. So yeah. So anyway, um, it was nice to be amongst the college students. I felt. All this crap, but um, we was in that thing. Absolutely, because I was in my work clothes. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I wasn't, but I still felt dumb old. Um, but yeah, so essentially the book, um, he explained, Charlemagne explained the title. And the title Black Privilege does seem like a misnomer, right? Because you always hear white privilege versus black privilege. But the difference between white privilege and black privilege according to Charlemagne, is that white privilege is systemic. Black privilege is spiritual. It's a lifestyle. It's a mindset. And it's less of um, an oppressing um, regime and more of an uplifting regime. And so, go ahead. um, And when he said that, it felt like you were in church. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't do nothing but say, mm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, when a pastor preaching and you hear something, you... Mm. He put a name to it. Is yeah. What I got. Like he put a name to what we always think from a religious perspective. Like, we're always going to persevere. Like, Correct. And so you can feel it. I like, thought that was dope. Yeah. And he definitely caught the attention. So after the 420 joke, I think that that next 
like engage the crowd. And I know it, it piqued my interest more because okay. I was like, okay, because of course I went in like, I mean, okay, he done wrote a book, he a radio host, like, man, you know. But when he really was talking about it, I was like, okay, like, I mean, you you really have something there yeah, kind of thing. So, um, and he's, he's an asshole on The Breakfast Club to some people that come in. But he really did not give that energy. Like, Mm-mm. I think that that's who he is. He talked about authenticity mm-hmm. while he was there as well. And just saying that you have to be yourself at all times. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of good energy. So I feel like him doing this book is also going to let people know, like, yeah, he might say some assholey things. Mm-hmm. But that's not the person that he is. Right. He really does have, like, a lot of positive things to say. Mm-hmm. And he has great energy because... When he was just being himself, like she said, he lined up the crowd. He enlightened other people. Wow. Um, he had people that stood up and just talked about the fact that he's um, intrigued them to read other books. Yeah. And so, like, he's a very smart person. So I think, like, you know, in essence, like, he's really using his black privilege, like, in the, mm. the spiritual nice. aspect of from where he's from and then like tapping into being himself and moving forward. Like he's just using it. So, yeah. So it's good. It was nice to meet him because I, that was not, I was going in it like this, man is kind of mean to people. Y'all know he did. <laughs> and yeah, that's mama. what I'm saying. Yeah, I felt like it was going to be aggressive and like over the top. Yeah. And he would say like just kind of off the wall things to get like a reaction out of people and it wasn't that. Totally not. You see, I I mean, I I like I've been a fan of Charlemagne for like quite some time now, so his like assholeness didn't necessarily like rub me the wrong way. I just looked at it as always like, okay, if he is a, a radio personality, then if he's interviewing a celebrity, like he's going to go there, like as if a regular person is talking to them. Like, so mm-hmm. I don't want you to come in my studio acting like you're God's gift to the world. And then it's like, you know, we're communicating on your level. No, I want to like know the raw uncut person that I'm talking to because we're binding, we're binding to your artistry. So we let's get to know you like fuck the celebrity or fuck the artist. Who are you? Right. Yeah. So I think I think some of the things that he like some of some of his tactics to break down that conversation is to get to the person. Yeah. Like yeah, I want to yeah, see yeah. your your authentic self. And he said that in the book. Like oh, he literally okay. said in the book that he is like that because that's who he is. Like he's just real at all times. Wow. And when people come into the studio, like he still wants to give the listeners like that opportunity to hear the real from whoever the artist is. And like you said, forget the celebrity. Let's talk about what's really going on. Mm -hmm. And I really, I think that he's, um, he has something when he talks about authenticity. Mm -hmm. A lot of people feel like they have to put on in different places and you don't, like Mm -hmm. you can't be yourself and still excel. Yeah. And I think to kind of pick like talk going back to his radio show, I think he asks the questions and talks about the things that people are thinking, but are afraid to ask based on either someone getting mad or based on it being faux pas or it being kind kind of against etiquette. Yeah. He just comes yeah. out and asks it. And I think that actually is a great quality in people because that now, I think some to some people it may like upset them, but it does break the ice and it gets to the core of that person. Right. Like, 
He was saying that he interviewed Kanye, and one of the first things he did was call him Kanye Kardashian. <laughs> and, you know, everybody had been telling him, don't say that, don't say that, don't say that. And then he said it, knowing that Kanye was going to get mad, but then talked about why he said that based on him getting involved with the Kardashian family and how anybody that they touch turns to shit <laughs> and that whole conversation. So I think that he definitely has something... And the book personifies that, like okay. the the um, the principle of being your complete and authentic self at all time and at all times, and how that can propel you versus creating some persona or following some dream that's not really yours that you've concocted because someone else has that dream, and mm. you're you know faking it until you make it mm. type thing. And he's that's like, nah, deep. Yeah. So it was. I mean, the book is actually. I know we've all begun to read. I haven't finished it yet, but it's really good. Yeah. So you mentioned that um, there was like a question and answer type deal at the, um, I guess, the lecture. Yeah. Um, did you ask the question? So, yes, I asked the question on behalf of us and essentially. You asked the question on behalf of the podcast? Yeah. So I you said, mentioned this Millennial Cardi. Love Podcast? Yeah, I yeah. said this is Cardi of Millennial Love. And literally after that, like three people came up to me and was like, hey, you're on a podcast? I'm trying to do media. Here's oh, wow. my card. I'm wow. going to hit you up. I have nobody hit me up yet. So if you, I mean, I could definitely serve as a mentor. Like, come Listen, through. we need some bloggers for our website. Yeah. We so we'll, Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, he had previously been talking about um, how somebody had asked a question about, like, how do you get started? Okay. And so he was like, you know, the Internet is like crazy now. Like you can if you want to start a business, you can get on Instagram. You can just like start a website, whatever. It's just like so easy. Yeah. Yeah. And so my question was. In, in such a saturated market, because everybody has the opportunity to do all these amazing things, how do you stand, how do you stand out from mm-hmm. the crowd? How do you separate yourself? Right. And he basically just said what we were saying earlier, be your authentic self. People are going to be drawn to that. Like yeah. that's, if people know when you're faking it. Yeah. And, and you, can, you can only fake it for so long. And he was just like, be your authentic self, be true to you, and make sure that your content's good and that, you, that someone learns something from your podcast. And I think that we've done a really good job with that over the last, what is this, 15 episodes? Shoot. Yeah. Fifteen episodes where <laughs> people have told me even to even today I went to a happy hour and they were like, "Bro, I learned about like one guy's dating this girl. He's been dating her for three years, and he was like, you know, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to have female friends that were new. Like I had to like, <laughs> and as small as that seems, he was like, I didn't realize like how much of an impact that is. How you're supposed to go about it. So yeah. like, I think we are teaching people, even if it's something that they may not even think that they don't know. Right. You know, so Hell, I'm learning myself. I think after that episode, like I learned how like, okay, I need to chill out on these little, these little friends on the side. Yeah. <laughs> got to chill out on it. You got to chill on My it. My bad. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So no, 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 don't apologize. So I know we've all been reading the book and we, you know, kind of have our own reviews. So Justin, how do you feel? What are some like really potent points for you in the book or what's your like just general overview review of the book? Okay, so I just got my book in today. I ordered it from um, Premier Collections or Collectives. Um, It's pretty much a book where it's like it's autographed signed by him. Oh, so I just got my book today, so I'm only on principle one. 
Um, but basically with principal one, he's just talking about like, um, his upbringing. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the things that stuck out to me is the fact that, um, he just mentioned how, like, whenever he, um, feels like he's losing himself, losing himself, or whenever he feel like he isn't centered, how he'll take trips back to, um, Monk Corner. Monk's Corner. Monk's Mm -hmm. Corner. Um, and how he takes trips back and how, like, just spending time, like, where, you know, his his old home that he grew up in um, or spending time at his grandparents' house, how uh, some of that energy that his old dreams and, like, those old memories recharges him. And I thought that was just, like, I knew exactly. Like, he meant, he referenced this time of, like, him, him going back to his grandmother's home. And it's almost as if, like, once you enter an empty home, you can almost feel the energy that once was there. Mm. Um, and I knew exactly what he meant because whenever I go home and I visit, like, my grandparents' home or even my, 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 my home that I grew up in, it's like an energy that um, pours into me that is unspoken. Um, mm-hmm. It's just there. Um, so the idea of like reverting back to your past, I know on the podcast we talk about, you know, I mean, we had an episode about childhood demons and how, how important it is, regardless of, of the negative or positive experiences. Sometimes when you go back and tackle those things, um, it's, it's, it's almost as if you, you get energy from it or mm-hmm. you learn how mm-hmm. to um, recharge yourself. Mm-hmm. So referencing that, I thought is great because, you know, I mean, for me, like, I mean, I haven't been home. I haven't lived in Lafayette, Louisiana since I was 17 years old. Like, so I've always moved away. And even though I'm not in this whole like celebrity world, you know, even just the hustle and bustle bustle within Dallas, Mm -hmm. sometimes I need to go back to the country and recharge. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just that experience alone, I connected with it um, on so many different levels because it's like, that's what I need. That's what I get. That feeling that I get, I couldn't really identify with how he, the way he explained it, but that feeling I, that he got, I get all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's why I go back home. And it's important. Wow. I want to just, you know, highlight that it's important for people to know when you need to recharge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because so we can move around so much and like just get so involved in every day, you know, what, task and all those things yeah and we lose sight of like the self-care part and needing to say okay look look maybe i need to go chill on my mama couch for a while and let her rub my hair and you know talk to me about whatever and cook whatever and play marvin Gaye. you know what i'm saying like maybe i need to take that time and get back to the people that mean the most to me so that i can just get back into the groove of everything else because you don't want to lose you know you because yeah. you're trying to deal with everyday life right yeah that's important so so mish what are your um observations of the book thus far well um just a lot so i'll just go into like you know he obviously has uh, a story to tell for somebody out there that's been through a lot um and there, I cannot relate to everything that he talks about. Mm-hmm. One, he's a man. You know what I'm saying? And so I think some of the things that he kind of went through, men definitely need to hear. Um, because he mentioned a part in the book where he said um, that, like, nowadays it seems like men kind of gravitate to calling themselves, like, thugs or, yeah. you know, yeah. like, I can't remember all the words, the other words that he used, but savages and, like, yeah. you know, stuff like that. And he was just saying, like, we are men, like we need to 
reference ourselves as such. Yeah. But so a lot of that I don't connect with like personally, but um, I did connect when he was talking about like being in school and how he was really smart, but it wasn't cool to be smart. Mm, And like he had to pick basically with size because the white kids didn't want to be friends with him anymore. And his cousins that weren't smart didn't want him around because he was so smart and they picked on him or whatever. Mm -hmm. And not that I necessarily got picked on because I was smart. I think I just felt like I had to choose or like downplay who you really were, who I really was, you know, like I I am smart. I am uh, interested in things that most teenagers are not interested in. I do want to play my instrument and other instruments. Mm -hmm. I do want to go on, you know, like, Um, debates and things like that. I do want to go to state competitions. Like, I wanted to do those things, and I still would do them. However, I wouldn't talk to my friends about it. Yeah. It would just be like, oh, did you go to that thing? Yeah, girl's fine. And then we go back to being the crazy girls that we were because I I think I did um, try to fit into that, let me be, like, super hard in high school and, like, did a lot of things that I probably should not have because of just wanting to fit in that place, you yeah. know, like wanting to be cool, quote unquote, or popular, because I think it was more so in high school being popular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But so, yeah, I just, that resonated with me because that obviously was a part of my life. But um, he mentions just that life is a constant evolution mm-hmm. and that we continue to grow through things. Um, he also told a story about... Um, having a fight with somebody and a dude like really beat his tail, like Mm. beat him up so bad. But then he goes on to say that the same dude that whooped his tail killed somebody else later, like choked somebody out. And what that said to me, and he didn't say that, but what it said to me was like, God always has his hands on your life. Mm -hmm. Like that dude could have killed him. You know what I'm saying? It could have been him. And I think a lot of the times, like, we move through life and there are certain situations where it's like, really, it could have been me. Like, it could have been me that was um, out there and whatever happened to me. Like, I could have been dead and gone already, but I'm not. And so I'm still here for a purpose. And whatever that purpose is, like, you know, God is going to bring me to that. Because if if I didn't have a purpose, he would have let me, you know. Yeah. He would have took me out of the game a long time ago. Wow. Um, he also talks about that there are no losses, only lessons. So losing friends, losing, um, communication with some family members, losing jobs, losing whatever, there's a lesson for you to learn in those situations. Mm -hmm. Like, don't always look about what did that person do to me or what did my boss say to me? Take the lesson in what you did. Mm -hmm. Take the lesson in what role you played in certain situations. Like, you know, relationships, you break up with somebody. Okay, cool. But yeah, they might've done something to you. What part did you play? How did you feed into those things? Maybe, maybe that person cheated on you. Okay. So yeah, they, you know, did whatever that was horrible for the relationship. Mm-hmm. But how did you feed into that? Did you take them back over and over and over again and think mm-hmm. they were really going to change? So were you, you know, valuing yourself? You mm-hmm. know, so there's a lesson in everything. And I think that it's important um, to, you know, always live in that, that right. you need to learn from certain situations. Um, and then I guess the the biggest thing is that take, 
the um or replace the perceived weakness as power. Like he mm-hmm. talks about how people call him ugly. Yeah. Like he's a ninja turtle or whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And but he says, yeah, I'm a ninja turtle or I'm I'm the fifth ninja turtle, but I also have this X, Y, and Z going about myself, you know, right. like going on about my personality or whatever. And so that really you know spoke to me because it's like there are you know i'm dark i'm skinny it's so many things that that society tells me about the person physically that i am however i've accomplished all of these things i continue to fight through life i'm resilient it's just so much that you can say Mm -hmm. to put power into whatever back into yourself into Mm -hmm. those things that are quote unquote a weakness right so yeah yeah, I feel like I went on and on, but no, it's no. a really good no, book. The book. It is a really good book. The book and is, I, yeah. I kind of wish I can continue to read it and just like stop recording right now, but, right? Because I just started. <laughs> yeah, so. and honestly, the audible version, he's narrating it, so it's actually really, really good. Oh, he's and narrating I, the I audible com- version. Yeah. I commended him on it when I met him. I was okay. like, I was like, you, you did a really good job on the audible version because I think it made it more real for me and like the the okay. book resonated more, more. Okay. because he's reading it okay um but what about you i have a couple things like the first thing is that it just was so nostalgic to read or to hear him talk about where he grew up in a really small town because i grew up on a dirt road a lot of my family lived in trailers it's a very small town. Everybody knows each other. Everybody's related. And so it's it's like one of those things where it was like, man, it just took me back to a completely different, different place in my yeah. life. And it was like, I saw myself on the dirt road. Like I got yeah. into my, my first and only fight on a dirt road. Like <laughs> I got beat up, you know, that sort of thing. So it just really like took me back to some memories that I had suppressed about my childhood and some good things that I had, hadn't thought about in a long time. Like we lived on a dirt road and we used to pick blackberries from these bushes that were along the road didn't freaking clean them and none just, just ate, them. ate them and was yeah, just you know great. like stuff like that it's like or we would build like little freaking make mud pies in the sand or in the dirt road mm-hmm. and it was just you know it, it's that type of like just um unadulterated childhood it just took me really far back into that so that was mm-hmm. very like and hearing him speak about it too i think the the audible version really like kind of conjured up those those feelings for me. Um, I also wrote down no mistakes, just lessons. Cause I think that was very powerful, especially speaking to college students, because I think as I talked about a couple episodes ago, maybe um, with the whole major thing, like you don't know who you are in college. Like you may kind of know right. what you kind of want to do and you're thinking about something, but it's okay if you make a mistake, like just move past that, take, take the particular skills that you've learned and, and put that towards something else. Because I think that if you, the the issue comes is if you just stop trying. And if you give yeah. up, then you'll, you know, you'll end up underneath the tree, like he would say, underneath the tree smoking weed or yeah. drinking. Because it's like you, you've literally, your dreams have died. Yeah, that, listen, when I read that, when he said, like, yeah. you know, the 20 year olds that were sitting under the tree, like they stopped dreaming, their dreams are dead. I'm like, mm. wow. Like, you know, I think some of our, some of us, for us, like our dreams continued and that easily could have been us. Yeah. I know for myself, that could have easily been me. Yeah. So whenever I read that, I was like, whew, let me just, let me just pause right here and thank God for 
for um, being a dreamer, for, for keeping. Being, yeah. And he he the dream alive. He definitely uh, promotes dreamers, at, regardless of any age. Like yeah. continue to dream because once you stop dreaming, that's when you'll stop progressing. And progression is is something that you have to promote in order to get toward the systemic black privilege versus systemic white privilege. White privilege. Right. So that was one that also, and also another thing is I resonated with when he's pretty much like a closed mouth doesn't get fed. And I literally say this all the time and I live by this. Like if I want something, I'm going to say it. I'm going to talk to somebody. I'm going to ask them. I'm going to seek out. And even if they're like, dang, she's too forward or she need to chill on it. Somebody is going to say, wow, you're a go-getter. Yes, I'm going to bring you on as my mentor. Or you're a go-getter. Yes, you can be my intern. Yes, you can shadow me today. I literally just sent somebody an email yesterday about shadowing them because I want to do what they do. Right. Are you Like, literally, the worst they can say is no. No, right. The worst they can say is no or no response, and then you just move on. Like Absolutely. And I think he, he definitely personifies that, like, when he first got into radio, he started by just kind of, like, showing up at the radio station, like, hey, can I intern here? They were like, cool. Then he just started showing up around the radio station, doing all the stuff that nobody else wanted to do, right. making sure his, you know, he was pleasant. And that's another thing I'm going to talk about, too. Black men having just nice auras. Um, but, yeah, so just speaking things that you want into existence, speaking that energy out into, like, say, I we are going to be the greatest podcast there ever was. Can we just say that real quick? Yeah. We're, we're going to be, be the, the greatest, greatest podcast, podcast there ever was. was. And speak that into existence. We're going to be on TV. I tweeted about it. Like, yeah. y'all heard it here first. We're going to yeah. be on TV. Somebody's going to pick us up on a reality show. We're going to make coins. Like, it's going to be organic. We're going to leave our nine to fives. Yeah. Like, I'm going <laughs> to quit <Yes>. my job. <laughs> and you know what? Like, just speak all of this. Because I think that if you think positively, and he kind of goes into this too, if you think positively, then you're more likely to have positive results. It's like energy. I believe in energy, and I believe in speaking and things into existence and I think we are definitely the same on the same wavelength with that um and the last thing I think I got from it is that being having a positive and a good attitude does not make you not masculine and he goes into that he says like yes I'm an a-hole on the show but when I'm on someone else's show or I'm around other people in the industry I'm pleasant mm. he's like I am a I make myself a joy to be around mm. I want people to Jeez, want to be around so me important. because that they'll be like oh man like just like we were we were like wow like Charlamagne I mean yeah he's an he's 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 very blunt and direct but he's cool like yeah. we were like okay like this is like I felt welcome when we were like, hey, can we take a picture with you? He was like, sure. We were talking to him about the podcast. My, Absolutely. My sister was like, you really going to listen, Shawty? <laughs> like, it was, he was very, like, just nice. Yeah. And it wasn't anything. And but, he had a nice smile. Like, he actually opened his mouth and showed his teeth to himself. smile. It wasn't just like a fake, all right, hurry up, take this picture. Right, like, let's go. Uh, it was, like, genuine. Like, I'm going to smile at you. And when we walked away... He reached out his hand to shake all of our hands. Like, he so, was very pleasant. Yeah. So before he came, like, I was looking at his schedule, and I'm like, you know, he has this event going on in New York, like, the day before. I'm like, I'm sure he would have to, like, you know, go on the, you know, be on the breakfast club in the morning. Like, I just thought he would have been, like, extremely exhausted and not really <laughs> feeling it. Yeah. But 
That's pretty dope. I mean, if it was that interacting like that and he really gave off that aura. He really did. That's awesome. It was very like, pleasant. Like like so I So you felt that. You I felt, felt that. that. Okay. And that's and and that goes back to energy. Like I think you right. can you can feel people's energy Most and I think he exuded just a very positive energy and he seemed to be very engaged. Yeah. Wanting to meet people. Oh, that's awesome. Wanting to be, you know, to talk to people. So I'm there. I mean, of course, freaking hundreds of people rushed the stage. Yeah. Right. He couldn't like have <laughs> a personal everyone. conversation yeah, with, with everybody. But I mean, we were lucky enough because we kind of pulled some strings. You know <laughs> okay. how we do. Right. <laughs> Me pulled a couple strings behind the scenes <laughs> and we got on stage and it was just like he was really pleasant. And so that that resonated with me because I think a lot of black men feel like they got to be hard. They have to be, you know, this like literal like thug character where they got to be mean and, and savage to people. And like that's that's not what brings people back. Like you can't draw bees. What is that? You can't. Draw bees with vinegar. I don't even remember something uh, like that. Yeah. You can't catch, catch bees, bees with honey. With honey. Yeah. You can catch. You bees. catch bees with honey. You yeah, catch yeah. more bees with honey than you do with, with vinegar. Yeah, that's it. Sorry, I'm <laughs> I'm dead today. But yeah, it's just um, he was very pleasant. So that that resonated with me. For and sure. I I think like if people understood, especially men, um, just because the black men like they are going to try to keep you down. But if they would understand like being pleasant is okay, then it would take them out of the like thug savage mindset and get them from underneath those trees that they stayed under when they stopped dreaming. You know, yeah. it's, it's like a, yeah. a cycle. Of oh things yeah. Because of so many different things that, you know, people go through in life. But if you just break out of that and stop thinking that you have to be this, I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah, thug and savage, but there he used so many other words for it. But I think his mom also like implanted that within him, unknowing that was gonna happen because she was like, "Hey, you need to read all these different types books. of books, get yeah. these different yeah. types of uh, perspective of what the world is." And I think through him like dreaming and also reading those books, it gave him like I don't know. It's almost as if it was like a like a, a, a tunnel vision to something. Uh, beyond where he was Absolutely. and he talked about how the dj was on big tigga and he was like hey if this guy is from south carolina then you know then and they're can, looking then at him I then i can do it you yeah. know and it's sometimes it's just those little moments where you connect the dots yeah yeah oh jeez. Yeah. well hopefully we get hopefully we can interview him that'll be dope. i know <laughs> come on Charlemagne. we know you busy whenever all this stuff with the book dies down slide through millennial love <laughs> <laughs> right. but um so kind of um going back to the title of the book because the title black privilege mm -hmm. is a very powerful like those two words together are very powerful what does that mean to you what does black privilege mean to you do you feel like it exists and is it something that you feel like we could actually create based on his his title is opportunity comes to those who create it? So um, when I first read Black Privilege, I saw Black Privilege. Um, I was uncomfortable even like reading it. I don't know why, but I was just uncomfortable. I was, too. I was, I was like too. Black Privilege. Like, what is this? Like, yeah. I mean, 
the book helped me really connect the dots and obviously you know with um every everyone else everyone's opinion through social social media um but black privilege to me is basically like um how he explained it but for me i connected to my spiritual side um obviously you know i'm a christian and you know as by me being a christian like my power comes from christ Mm -hmm. and how Mm -hmm. he orders my stuff and how everything that um, that is going to go in my life is divinely ordered through him. Yeah. So, um, and I think I've said this in the past on previous episodes, but at a very young age, I knew that man could not tell me no. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't care what it was. Like, like man, a physical being, rather maybe woman or man, um, they cannot tell me no. I'm gonna get whatever I need to get if it's if it's for me, some kind of way. So I think that black black privilege comes from this whole like religious belief for me yeah mm-hmm. um second question does it exist i think it does um i think whenever you you, sp- you speak about energy i feel like whenever you put that energy out there um with um um preparation and belief a strong belief i feel like it, it can really happen yeah. um is it something that we can actually create i think you can i think honestly we are in a day and age where we can create our own lane um, mm-hmm. um, and it may not be the magnitude of like, let's say Carol's daughter or Shea Moisturizer, but it can be, mm-hmm. you know, you can be your local, um, go-to person for hair care. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like it all depends on like what success is for you. And I think yes. through, um, I guess dissecting like who you are, what you want, like going back to those moments and really, truly identifying, uh, identifying who you are, I think that will help you to, um, help you align more with your future and your destiny and your purpose. Absolutely. So um, I completely believe in this whole black privilege thing. And I'm so happy that he wrote this book because it gave me a new perspective on like what I was feeling um, and, um, and something that I couldn't put words to, which is really good. Mm-hmm. I just want to kind of uh, talk about the success. Um, what did you say? Uh, what a success, success looks you? like to you yeah. because he touched on that at the lecture too like success is different for different people Correct. and that's okay yeah and you want to make sure that you fulfill whatever success that's means to you because that might mean you get married and you live in a shack on a lake with your two kids and your dog and you're great you make 40k a year and you're chilling but that doesn't look that's not what success looks like to everybody so right. i think that that's very important that you touched on that yeah um i too felt a bit uncomfortable reading the term black privilege in the beginning because I was, I think it was uncomfortable because I had never heard it put together before. Yeah. But also because I immediately thought of white privilege Mm. and white privilege makes me extremely uncomfortable. Okay. So I didn't want, I, I felt like he was characterizing it the same until I read the book. I was just like, I don't really know if I'm feeling this because it just, it made me feel like it was oppression. Like it just, right privilege just makes me think of oppression. Um, But then when I read, when I've started to read the book and I've just, you know, we had the lecture and then I've been, you know, kind of doing my own introspection, like, it is a privilege to be black. We are in an exclusive group, Shouty. It's so exclusive. It's beautiful. (laughs) We are, we are diverse even within our our own diversity. Yeah. We freaking have different skin tones, different hair types. We have rhythm. We have, well, <laughs> yeah. We we come out the womb with rhythm. The motion of the ocean is automatically there. Listen, you know? we, we have, have to practice that shit. <laughs> you're stupid. 
just like, we have beautiful features. They are distinctive. Um, and I think that actually just now I had a thought that usually when you're in a company, you're one of the small group of black people. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's kind of beautiful to be one of five out of a 500 person um, uh, community. Yeah. It just shows like how exclusive we are. I don't know. That just kind of spoke to me just now. But yeah, like we're an exclusive group and it's a privilege to be a part of this group. We are not only beautiful physically, but we have been the the masters of a lot of creative things that have happened. A lot of a lot of um a lot of actual devices, a lot of like a lot of the inventions that have come out, a lot of just a lot of everything. We're behind everything. We're the backbone of America. Yep. We're the backbone of, of, of STEM and research and medical, everything. We just, I mean, we pretty much are everything. And it's, it's a privilege to be black. And I am, I feel privileged to be a part of this exclusive group. Yes, it exists. Obviously, and it's like Justin was saying, I think it is spiritual. It's something that that goes beyond the way that we look. I mean, I used to think um, and in my ignorance that black people didn't have a culture because it wasn't as defined. I remember this. I remember we that was one of our first conversations because it wasn't defined. And I was like, no, y'all, we ain't got no culture. We don't have quinceañera. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like clothes don't make a culture, but they do. They, I mean, and, and as simple as it sounds that, that card game, black card Card revoke lets us know that literally there are so many things where like people can grow up in completely different sides of the world (laughs) and they will know the answers to those. Like who, like what, um, what food do you not eat at the, at the, uh, or if you don't know who made it, what do you not eat at the cookout? Potato (laughs) salad. You don't eat everybody potato salad, but that's the thing. It's like those type of things. it, It, it definitely enlightened me, but this, that's black privilege. Like I played that game with a white person, and they did not know any of the answers. Really? How and was that? And that's not even yeah, not, I was no about to joke. Say, that would be dead. Like no yeah. joke. We Y'all were at Coachella. There, huh? We were at Coachella. It was a bunch of black people and one white girl. Oh. Okay. And we were at Coachella, and we were all drunk, and you know, doing other recreational <laughs> drugs. And um, and we were playing the game, and all. All the black people were getting the same answers, and she was the only person that didn't know. Wow. And that really opened my eyes because I was like, "That this really is like a club. Oh, it's yeah. exclusive. It's, it's very exclusive. It's exclusive as crap." Like the, the one of the other ones was like, "What if your grandmother tells you to go ranch it off? What does that involve?" <laughs> like <laughs> people, like black people, knows what, know yeah. what that means. So anyway, it, it definitely exists, and and it's something that I think has has been has already been created since the beginning of time. I think that we we have we've gone away from it, but we're getting back to it. I think with the advent of, you know, the melanin magic, black girl magic, black boy joy, um, people being proud of being black. I'm hella black, hella proud. Like all of those like mantras that are being put on t-shirts and hats and people are just embracing their blackness and embracing their hair and embracing their skin. Um, I think we are getting back toward people being proud to be black and feeling privileged to be a part of this group. Right. And I'm happy. I mean, I got some white in there, but <laughs> it's hella black in there too, shouty. 
about you, Mies? Well, um, so when y'all said it made y'all uncomfortable, I had to just really think about what I thought. I think I just second guessed it. Like I probably read it like four times. Like mm-hmm. black privilege. Yeah. You know, like just yeah. What is that? Black. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I had to Google privilege because I was just like black privilege. Yeah. Like I know what white privilege is. You know what I'm saying? Like so. Anyways, the definition of privilege, just so that this can further explain how I feel about it now, um, is a special right advantage or immunity granted or available only to a particular person or group of people. So like you were saying, Cara, just now that we like have a, our own society, like within society. You know what I'm saying? Like we have our own and it's only granted to us. Yeah. Like you can only be born black to understand the things that, our culture has developed into, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And it's like, it is a special right. Like it's a special right for us to have. And and all these things may be negative things that our, our people went through, but to have um, made it through all of the different trials and tribulations that our people have gone through mm-hmm. that is a special right for us to still be here yes. like we could be extinct mm-hmm. really right. you know what i'm saying yeah if you think about it they did not want us here but we're still here we're still standing tall and we're going per- persevering like yeah. and mm-hmm. we're gonna be seen mm-hmm. so it's a special right for me to walk into a room like you said come on and be That's... the only black girl in here and running stuff you yeah know what I'm like this yeah. it is a special right for you just to, to walk in a room and get a promotion over 400 other people like that is a special right as a black man to be able to do yes. that when yes. you try to keep us down yeah yes. so there is absolutely no way that you cannot tell me that is not a privilege to be black yeah the title black privilege itself itself i feel like you can write a dissertation on, on that, on that yes. topic Come it on. stands alone it and we might have to slide through and write it i'm, Come might, on I'm just get, saying get it published Seriously. i might have to because that i i'm totally with you like it caught me off i was like black that don't even make no sense which is so sad, sad. Wow. But, but you really have to like take a step back and be like do i feel like do I feel privileged to be a part of this? Right. Like, do I feel like like somebody else? Because they want to be us. That's, Absolutely. The movie Get Out is, I think, the perfect, like, I keep saying personification, <laughs> but it's the perfect example of how they want to be. And, and I mean, it's, although it was a satire, like, that's how it really is. They want our features. They want our lips. They want our butts. I mean, I don't have a big butt, but other folks do. They want our butts. They want our, our curvy shapes. Absolutely. They want, they want our men. They want our men. They want their babies to kind of look like us. They want our curly hair. Yes. You know, they, they want to be fast like us. They want to freaking bounce back when they have a baby like us. They want to age like us. They exactly. age like bananas. They want to freaking, like, all of that. They want all of that. And they don't have it. And so then instead of. You're instead not a of, part. Instead Sorry. of trying to get there, they appropriate our culture. Which I mean, can you blame? It's I'm, somewhat I'm of a compliment. Bl- like I know it's like 
It's somewhat the, of a compliment. It's a compliment, but I, I mean, in, in all honesty, it's hard sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's not, I mean, you know, we can lay out everything that they want and lay out all the things that we persevered through. However, it still is hard to every day walk out of the door and understand black privilege. Like, it's hard to understand that, you know, you do have to work 10 times harder. Unfortunately, you do. So it is, I mean, it's it's like, it's a great thing and it's hard at the same time, but it, it is like, I feel like we can handle it. I just feel like as a people, it's something that we can handle. I, and I, I'm very optimistic with like this whole movement. Like, yeah. I, I'm very optimistic. I, we may not be able to experience it, right. but I feel like our offsprings will eventually be able to experience um it may not be a level of um feeling equal but they will they will have the power to be on top right yeah because i mean it's almost as if like the mask is coming off like literally mask off future wrote that <laughs> and so he did we can, not that's mean be... <laughs> for it to be used in this context but no i think it's no, no i think you're I, right yeah because I don't know, just with all of the knowledge and, like, it's almost as if, you know, you're putting the pieces together. Like, you know, we are a generation where we had we had our parents who probably um, experienced um, racism mm -hmm. on a whole nother level. And we've experienced privilege on, on a whole level. nother level. Mm -hmm. right. So combining the two is almost as if it's, like, with history and, like, I don't know, it's just a, it's a power that is being created. Mm -hmm. That it won't be able to be stopped, along it's, with Jesus Christ by your side, baby. Shouty, correct. Come on now. It's it's honestly to me almost like another Renaissance. Like I think black people, not that we ever went out of style, but we're on the comeback. Like we're coming back even stronger with like people are starting businesses like. Instagram pages to make money like people have production companies and like I was just talking to somebody today at brunch and they have a human capital like diversity and inclusion training company where mm. they go into companies and do these training programs how dope folks be charging $25,000 for that stuff like we are getting in on so many pockets of things like we have our hands in so many things and it's almost like we're getting to the point where we're going to be able to literally get everything we need from black owned businesses and keep all of that stuff within our own community. community. And, and that's everything like, that was taken away from us. Yeah. And that's what the Renaissance in my mind is. It's right. just like a re a rebirth of black culture and um what's the word I'm looking for? Inclusion within ourselves as a group. Yeah. If so that makes sense. That, I mean, what you're saying now is like, you know, you ask the question, um, can it be created? I think that it's in creation. Mm -hmm. And I think that started years ago. Mm -hmm. And we're starting to see, like you said, like this renaissance, like things are coming back. It once was, and we're going to bring um, those things back. But in, in the aspect of just like my own black privilege and can I create that or does it exist for me? Yes, it does. Mm. Because um, my great grandfather was a man in Louisiana that was able to purchase 110 acres of land. 
And back in 1913, black men didn't have anything. That like was absolutely rich. nothing. For and for you, right. And for you to be able to purchase 110 acres from a white man and now your family great grandchildren and now he even has great great grandchildren can still go on that land mm-hmm. and oof, like enjoy all of that. Like That's I've powerful. I've never even seen all of it. You know what I'm saying? But what he created in me is like that fire to keep moving. Like if my great grandfather could do that in 1913, 19, come on, what you yeah. think Michelle then can do what in can 2017? I do? Correct. Right. So that privilege is there and it's being created yes. within us and like as a community. But like we also need to like personally, how are you creating your own oh, privilege? Come on, it's there. Come on, Charlotte. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, and how yeah. are you fostering it? How how are you how fostering, are you fostering it? it? Exactly. That's a good ass question. Yeah. Y'all, we have so many points to make, I know, and I don't do. think no, no. I'm saying that to say like we're not gonna get to all of okay. them because if we did, it would be a three hour episode, okay. and they need to read the book. Yeah, you need so, to read the book. So my last question. Oh, right, is the last question? Yeah. Yeah, we're okay. we're we're real. Yeah. All right, we can do it. Um, my last question for this episode, and we can revisit a lot more of these questions, is um, do you have a mentor, and how, if you do have a mentor, like what has that me- mentor done for you to propel your black privilege? And what, what have they contributed to your, to your life and how are they important? So I have a spiritual mentor. I have um, a friend's mom, actually, who, especially when I moved to Dallas, was very influential in guiding me spiritually. Mm -hmm. Um, As a woman, um, being young, um, explaining to me, you know, things that she'd gone through. And when I need her, she's there. Mm -hmm. Like, I can go to her about certain things, and she guides me um, through those things. So I have a spiritual mentor um, that keeps me grounded. But I don't, I don't necessarily have a mentor in, like, career-wise. Do you think mentors in general are important? And how has she, your mentor, spiritually um, contributed to your life? Oh, yeah. That, I mean, I think it's absolutely important. I think it's also important to have a mentor for your career. I just don't have one right now. But anyways, um, I think it's important to have that just because somebody else that, in my eyes, is wise and beyond what you've gone through in Mm -hmm. life and what you've seen and they have obviously navigated through things and they can kind of help guide you in the right direction do they tell you what to do no but they show you um what can be done if you follow x y and z Mm -hmm. and she's just really poured a lot into me as far as like understanding my me as a woman my role um in families mm-hmm. and then also wanting to be like more in tune with God, like mm-hmm. my personal relationship with God. And so right. she's definitely guided me in that aspect and just poured into me um, when I needed her, like prayer. Mm-hmm. I might not need her to tell me what to do. I just need her to pray for me at this time. Mm-hmm. And so she's obviously um, being a spiritual mentor, help me with those things. And I'm gonna assume that she's black. Is that a is that a, a 
oh, correct yeah. assumptions. She's like, <laughs> and the, and the, and I I know that my this mentorship question seemed a little um, not as on topic with the subject matter. But the reason why I brought it up is because I think that that's a way that we perpetuate black privilege mm -hmm. is bringing in someone who looks like you, who is showing you and steering you toward the way, not only spiritually, but also in your career. Mm -hmm. So that's why I brought that up. Justin. Um, so I'm a little embarrassed to say that I've never had a mentor before. Really? Never. Um, however, I've always wanted a mentor. Mm -hmm. um, and I think part of, the reason why I didn't have an intern, I mean, an intern. <laughs> um, I need an assistant, fuck. Um, I think part of, part of my reasons for not, I guess, seeking a mentor is because, like, when I tell y'all um, the idea of me finding my identity was so much of a struggle mm -hmm. to where it literally filtered into other spaces. So I didn't, I didn't think that I um, knew exactly what I wanted to seek out a mentor. Um, you know, I started college as a pre-dental, you know, student. Mm -hmm. um, but even then, I knew that I didn't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? It was just like a ton of confusion just yeah. growing up, which is why I, I'm such a huge advocate of knowing self, like knowing what you want, regardless, regardless if it's something that is, um, uh, that is being held in a positive light or a negative light. At mm -hmm. least you know yourself. Right. Um, but I do want a mentor, and I feel that I am finding myself more and more and more every day. I mean, I'm 32 years old, and I'm not giving up on myself, but I would love a mentor. I see the benefit of it. Um, I see the – I see – I mean, it's just – I can see how it can, like, propel my life, my career, my spiritual growth, especially having a spiritual mentor – um, to the next level because it's just like you're connected to um, what you aspire to be or uh, something that is connected to your mm -hmm. goal or your future. Mm -hmm. oh, um, yeah, so, I mean, I would love a mentor. I think it's so great. I think it's so dope. I mean, when I hear people talk about, you know, um, I have to visit with my mentor or I need to go visit my mentee. I mean, like, I'm like, oh, that's so beautiful. But I just never had one. We're going to find you one shot. We are. Yeah, I know. It's going to come you, around. I'm yeah. not worried. Yeah, it's going to come around. It's in the making. So Absolutely. Um, For sure. But, yeah. And I think it's important. To answer your second question. Okay. I've had many mentors, young and old, but I think the most effective mentors for me currently are my own friends. Like, I consider our friend BT one of my primary spiritual mentors. Like, she has grown in leaps and bounds spiritually since I've known her for the past five or six years. Sheesh. Um, and she guides me a lot of the ways like I'm dealing with a lot of stress just dealing with my job I know y'all are sick of hearing about my job but no. it's been just really taking a toll on me mentally and spiritually and emotionally mm -hmm. and she has just been like instrumental in my um my dealing with this spiritually like um, steering me towards scriptures to read, steering me toward devotionals that will assist with my mood, coming and talking with me about my feelings and how, you know, how God is going to make sure that the right opportunity comes around and just being very, very understanding and um, concerned. Yeah. Um, I think having someone concerned about you is important. And even if it's, you know, outside of your family, like having someone there. 
Um, and then also my my line sister Marcy, like she is like my um, emotional mentor, like and, and sort of my career mentor. Although she's not an attorney, she's a professor. Like she really she knows me really well. Mm -hmm. So she can use that and say like, well, Cara, I know that you would probably like to do this. So have you considered this? Mm -hmm. Um, when I'm having relationship issues, she's about to get married. So mm -hmm. I always go to her about like, well, wh how did you deal with this particular issue? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think? And she'll just give me the real deal. And although we're both like really emotional, mm -hmm. she can be rational with me and I can be rational with okay. her, but we can't be rational in our own relationships. So it's like we can be the rational people for each other. Right. So um, I definitely need that. And I think, the reason why I can have friends that are my mentors is because like, I just have a, I just choose really good friends. God has blessed me with some amazingly mature friends that can really like be there for me. And I also have other mentors that I like, I, I, I hate to say this, but like I'll pick a mentor and like, I'll be with them for a little while, but then sometimes I feel like I'll outgrow that mentor and then mm -hmm. I'll kind of move to another mentor. Mm -hmm. But I definitely am all about like, just picking someone who at the time can help you in whatever area that is, whether it's professional. I don't have a professional mentor. That's my next thing. But whether it's professional, emotional, spiritual, I think it's definitely important because it perpetuates, like I was saying, it perpetuates that particular black privilege and it makes sure that we're all good. Like yeah. there's a yeah. book yeah. that's called... The sisters are all right, and that one for the brothers. It's a, I mean, and and that's just the name of it, <laughs> right? But that's what I feel like. Like we're all right. Like we gonna be all right. Like Kendrick Literally, says, Kim you know. Kendrick. And I think that that the mentorship aspect of that that Charlemagne also talks about about in the book, bringing it kind of full circle. Like he talks about how he had somebody at the radio station. That or not at the radio station, he was he was working. Um, he thought he was wanted to be a rapper, so this guy was like kind right. of his manager. But the guy kind of took him under his wing and ended up telling him, "Look, Charlemagne, this <laughs> ain't, ain't for you. you. <laughs> <laughs> like you're not like you're trash at go, rapping." Bro. Wasn't that what, oh, like fuck your dream? Or yeah, like that. <laughs> that's exactly it. He was just like, "Look, like you're trash. You need to look in, into doing other things." And when when Charlemagne started doing radio, the mentor was like, "That's what you're supposed to be doing. Wow, you're a natural." That and he propelled him and pushed him to do that, and awesome. that that helped him to get to the point where he was able to write this book that has this, such a provocative title. So we say all that to say that black privilege exists, that it's real, and that you should do everything in your power to perpetuate that not only for yourself but for other people. Be Correct. a mentor to someone else. Correct. Justin. Yes. No. Yeah. And me too. Yeah. I mean, all of us. Right. Like, be a mentor to someone else. Seek out opportunities to be mentors. Seek out opportunities to support black businesses. Seek out opportunities to just kind of cultivate that community. Yeah. And make sure that we're going to be all right. Yeah. Nigga, I'm fucked up. Nigga, you fucked up. And we, we gonna, gonna be, be all right. right. <laughs> you literally said nothing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Kendrick. No. And go get that man book. Charlemagne, thank you so much for writing this shit. No Seriously. Lie. Thank you for writing this book. No lie. So even though I just got it. It's okay. I feel um, 
Oh, and if you want to listen to that bit on Audible, go ahead and slide through. Go to www.audibletrial.com backslash millennial love. That's L O V three. You get a free 30 day um, subscription and you and also get a free get book, a free audio book. So, you so can this use can be that your book. To be, yeah. Hashtag it's a book. It's a motherfucking Charlemagne book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so all I, what I was saying is I think this this was a great book. So we wanted to end the episode with something from Mish. We got a little scenario. Something light and fun, because I want to laugh. Yeah. So, all right, millennial moment. Let's see. We got... <laughs> Every time you go into it, it's like, oh, shit. Y'all have to sit up. <laughs> Let's see. We got... Um, We have a 30-year-old married woman... With mm-hmm. children, who has a friend who has been married once and is now divorced. Mm-hmm. The friend has been divorced now for about three years, three, four years, and they were only married for two. Mm-hmm. So since that marriage ended, the friend has just been out here kicking it. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had boyfriends, didn't work out. Uh, they've been side chicks. Obviously, that doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, you know, been lost in the slot sauce. <laughs> they done slipped and fell. Like, just all of that. Lost Engaging in, in that meat to meat. Correct, that meat to meat. Oh, my God. <laughs> and at this point, um, they're always going back to the friend that's married and just saying, like, oh, I'm ready for something different. I'm ready to be married again. I want to have kids. Like, your family looks so nice. It seems like you're really enjoying life. And the friend that's married has said, you know, like, hey, well, you're continuing to do those things that are not going to get you married. Like, you're you're with the wrong guys. You're with the guys that are bums. Or you're with the guys that are really just trying to play you. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, they really just want, you know, one thing from you. And... You know, you have to change those things. Mm-hmm. But then six months down the line, they having the same conversation again. And so basically the friend that is married is tired of having the conversations. Mm-hmm. Like I'm tired of talking to you about this over and over again. So as a friend, what what do you do in that instance? If your friend continues to have the same these same behaviors over and over, they're not stopping, but then they keep coming back to you to talk to you about it and nothing has changed. What do you do? Um my only so my only concern, because I know the first like thought is like, tell that hoe she need to like chill then. Like don't nah, nah ho. But <laughs> to like nah, she be like she be like like don't talk to me about it no more. Like if you're not gonna take my advice, don't talk to me. I know that's the first mind, but like I think that like you have to allow that friend to vent, and you have to um, give that friend advice because you don't want her to shut down at any point. Like you want mm-hmm. her to be able to come to you for anything whether it's something really bad or whether it's something really good. Like maybe if you if you shut her down and say like, don't talk to me about it no more. And then she really finds a guy that's like really for her. And then she wants to talk to you about it and you're not there. Like she's not going to share that with mm. you. And maybe that's, 
I don't know. Maybe I'm being naive in that, but I would be. I've been the friend, and I have been the friend who I've been on both sides. Both sides right. <laughs> and like I've been like, girl, let me tell you about this. Girl, let me tell you about this. Meanwhile, saying I want a relationship for real. Right. And people have listened, and I've also done the same. So I, I, I see both sides though. I don't know. I would. Be, I would probably. I mean, still. I would. I feel like she can like tell her don't. I don't want to talk about that no more in other ways. Like, if she comes to you with, girl, I need this, you just silence her. Like, How just do don't do reply that? back. Just be like, oh, for real? <laughs> or, like, oh I know you God. do. Like, I, I mean, because it gets annoying. Like, yeah. I, I just feel that, I mean, she's been married before. So, yeah. I mean, if she had, like, if she, if all her life was her being a hoe, then. <laughs> I would, okay, okay. Then I'll be like, okay, girl, like, you know, you, you lucked up, you got married the first time, that didn't work out. This is not gonna happen again the second time. But I just feel that she is just having fun. I mean, she's obviously, you know, she just got out of a marriage, so maybe she's just out there, but still hoping to get in a like in a marriage. So I feel like she she knows what she's doing. Mm -hmm. She doesn't really need that advice. She to me, she just want to talk about it. Yeah. About it. Mm -hmm. So, from that perspective alone, I would just tune her ass out. Like, I mean, it's like your friend. Like, you know, I feel like my friends know what they're doing. And you know they what I'm all saying? know everybody. Yeah. And if you've gotten chose before, then you know what you need to do to get chose again. But I would mm -hmm. be like, girl, I don't want to talk about that, right? I mean, in those moments where you really don't want to talk about it, just be like, come on, let's go grab um, some drinks because I don't want to talk about that right now. Mm -hmm. Or just be like, well, look, you doing you, you enjoying yourself, like don't get emotionally attached to these fuckboys. Like, talk to her about, like, you, you already know what's up with this. Like, why are you even looking for, you know, a, a marriage out of this? Um, but if she's really, really looking for advice, obviously, I mean, just be her friend and be there. But I don't think you have to sit there and talk to her about it because she's grown. She knows what's up. I mean, I know what's up. Y'all know what's up. Yeah. Right. So I think I look at it like <clears throat> people, you have to understand what level your friends are on. And I've been through a breakup, but I ain't never been through a divorce. So I don't know what that feels like. And as a friend that's already married, she doesn't know what it feels like to be through, you know, go through a divorce. Sure. So that may have really taken a toll on her. Sure. And it's just like at this point, she's trying to find self again or she's trying to, you know, figure things out again. Like, what is this dating scene like or whatever? And I think I'm kind of like you, Justin, like I'm going to listen. We're going to talk about it. But I think eventually I would have that conversation like we have talked about this <laughs> several times. <laughs> Where are we going with it? Yeah. Like let what? Let that vent. Y'all let that No, let her vent. But if, I need my friends to also progress. And so if we venting about the same thing over and over and over again. You can talk to somebody, somebody might, you know, she might have got divorced and for a year or two years, you know, that was the same thing she was going to talk about because that was the level she was on was that all she wanted to do was vent about that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and not that you put a time frame on anybody's hurt or, and or growth. However, I just think as a friend, I'm just going to be like, girl, okay, you say you want to get married again. Well, you've been married before. I'm married, and so let's talk about how to get married. 
Yeah. And we're going to have to determine is any of that that mm. we just talked about, the way you get married, what you doing right now? Mm. And what if she probably feel like she has to talk about marriage because her friend is married? Her friend is married. Like, what if she don't really want to, what if she really don't want to get married and she just out there, like, pretending? But you're trying to hold on to the friend that is married because you can't have that many single friends when you're married. Like, just <laughs> be like. Correct. Right. Correct. <laughs> So yeah, I mean it's a it's a lot of things, but I think I would eventually ask the question like, okay, where are we going with this? Shit. I just and and I just be like, girl, you be safe. Don't. I don't, don't know. Mess it's up. hard. Like, yeah. it's hard. But I mean, I know me. I would probably be that friend and talk. But at the same time, I would keep it one hundred. Like, bitch, you just like fuck like two niggas two weeks ago. How, you, <laughs> how oh. can you talk about marriage? Like, I'm that type of friend. Like, that's how realistic I am to the point where you're not going to want to have marriage conversations until you're actually living that life. You understand so what I'm then, saying? Now, I don't want y'all to think that I'm not going to say those things to her. No, not because, at all. Yeah, but I'm saying I definitely that. Am. I'm saying that the way how frank I will be. I mean, like, okay, yeah. like, you just slid on a Saturday. Come on now. You can't be talking about marriage on Wednesday. Like, right. let's go have some fucking drinks. You tripping. You're you know? <laughs> and that's why I feel like she know what the fuck she doing, man. <laughs> yeah, I feel So tell your friend, stop. I mean, tell who, I, the the girl who wrote in, tell her to stop stressing about it. Like, just let your friend That is be. good advice. Like, just stop stressing stop about her. Stop stressing. Stressing. Stop yeah. stressing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good so, advice. Chill, Shotty. Don't worry about it. Have Keep fun. talking to that girl. <laughs> right. Let that girl vent. Right. Let that baby vent. But tell her she Fuck needs her to chill. Fuck her in her feelings her. because she's not being. Fuck her in her feelings because she's not being a good friend to the the girl who's married. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, because she might have things she want to talk about. Exactly. But we're so, standing up here talking about yo excursions as if we 18 years old again. Right. Bitch, you in your 30s. <laughs> Sit down. Be Kill. humble. Be doing your 30. You're stupid. That was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> anyway, y'all, tweet us, Instagram us, follow us on Snapchat, like us on Facebook, all of the above. Also, if you want to send us some coins, send us to paypal.me backslash millennial love. We take all forms of. You could give us some cash. You could send it through the mail in a little, with a little envelope. <laughs> who that dress? Do you, who else dress? Are you giving oh, yeah, out? We're not giving all that. Right. Um, I might we have to set we up. We can't a create a cash app. Though. I was about to say, yeah, we gonna cash app. But <laughs> cash yeah, <me> app. <laughs> yeah, man, just um, hit us up on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tell us what you think. Leave us a comment on all of the above, and we and tweet us. You know, we be tweeting back. We do yeah. be tweeting back. I'm back on Twitter. <laughs> and are. I'm about to go to sleep on y'all. So. Yeah. All right, y'all. We were extremely tired. Bye. 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 Bye.